Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how goes it today? Alan, I am doing great, buddy. And, you know, I don't know about all of our loyal podcast viewers around the world, but I looked outside my window this morning. Uh, And what did I see? Snow. Snow. Yeah. Yeah. Not happy. You're no, no. Aww. Well, why are you a Grinch? Why do you <laughs> the, hate life? My daughter wants to know the same question, as does my <laughs> wife. I'm certain. Um, <laughs> here's the short answer. Yeah, because I had to drive in it today. Oh, like if I could have just stayed home and stared out my window until it kind of melted off. Yeah, I, like like I suspect you did. Yeah, I would be fine. But yeah. I had to literally drive in the, you know, this morning. So oh. yeah, wouldn't. Fun. Well, thank you for shouldering all the the sadness of the season, so the rest yeah, of us can be that's happy. That's what I do. <laughs> that's wow. what I bring to the table, the round table. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> well, welcome everyone. Today we're covering season three, episode fourteen, road trip. Road trip. Which, apropos, right? Yeah. You, you wouldn't want a bunch of snow before a road trip. You'd want nice, clean, dry roads, sunny days, banjo music. I mean, whatever you want to take with you. <laughs> Banjo music, maybe. I don't know. Like, I, I could see not wanting slush and ice. But you know what? Great point. Yeah. Soft, fluffy snow and partially melted, semi-icy slush are two different things. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And I know not all of our viewers are in necessarily in parts of the country. They're going to get to experience that very often. But, you know, here, here, just north of Pawnee, we definitely do get to experience that. Oh, yes. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if I would have brought it up any other time, but it has occurred to me before, Mark, that, you know, for a a place set in central, south central, whatever, Mm -hmm. Indiana, we're not really sure exactly where Pawnee is, of course. We rarely see colder snow. Yeah. I think it's a missed opportunity. It would have like just been nice to see every once in a while. We've seen fake snow on TV look okay. That's true. I I seem to recall their the, the one Christmas episode so far, Christmas Scandal. Scandal. I, I think they did have some, some flurries at the end there. Yeah. Like kind of, a, oh, it's a Christmas miracle. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. There's yeah. a little of that going on. But apart yeah. from that, I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I said, who really wants it in real life? So everybody <laughs> stop it. <laughs> well, today's episode first aired on May 12th, 2011. Our director was Troy Miller. This is the fifth episode of seven that Troy ultimately directed. Ben Stiller's show, Mr. Show with Bob and Dave, uh, Flight of the Concords, Arrested Development. So we like a lot of stuff Troy's done for oh, us. Yes. And uh, written by the great late Harris Whittles. Mm. Uh, this was his fifth of 12 uh, episodes he's got the writing credit for. And, you know, this guy also just produced 74 episodes while he was at it, too. So Wow. Very funny guy. Yeah, very funny guy. Well, Mark, should we get into our synopsises? The synopsises are what we're here to do. Well, at least this point. Yeah. All right. Well, I uh, I broke this sucker up into five or six. No, just three. I broke it up into three <laughs> stories. Um, so the, the A story I have. Did uh, you really break it into three, by the way? You caught me off guard there. I did. Oh, because there's only two. I'm very curious what you're going to do here. Don't say that. Don't say don't. Now you're messing with me. Don't. <laughs> No, seriously. I, I, Get the away saying I am. I, <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you got. I don't want to say it now, <laughs> but all right. I guess I can do this. All right. I have the A story titled Resisting Temptation. Love it. 
the hashtag dork flirting tension between Leslie and Ben is still high. And but Leslie's trying to avoid temptation by not being alone with Ben, blah, blah, blah. Unfortunately, Chris uh, has other ideas and, and asks Leslie and Ben to drive to Indianapolis together to pitch Pawnee as the next host for the Indiana Little League baseball tournament. Um, Leslie and Ann devise boring music, boring conversation, blah, 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 for the trip to try to steer away from, you know, <clears throat> romance. Uh, after an awkward drive to Indianapolis, Leslie and Ben uh, speak before the Little League Commission, which seems reluctant to choose Pawnee for the tournament. But Ben delivers a heartfelt speech about the town, maybe also appearing to be secretly speaking about his feelings to Leslie. Mm -hmm. What will happen? Will Leslie and Ben convince the commission to choose Pawnee? Can Leslie resist her feelings for Ben? Can Ben resist his feelings for Leslie? What happened last time Pawnee hosted the tournament in 1989? <laughs> Stay tuned to find out. Dot, dot, dot. I love it. Mark, do you think uh, this hashtag dork flirting will catch on? I, I, I know we're trying to make it happen. I think we're going to need I, some help from I, our, from I our see viewers. It, I see it everywhere now. Do you really? Yeah, billboards. Um, billboards that you made just, let's just say billboards. It'd be better <laughs> if I just say billboards. It's more impressive if I just say uh -huh. billboards. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much it. Just, just Fair billboards enough. that I made. The, the, the billboard you graffitied <laughs> in your backyard. Counts. Yeah. Nailed it. Hey, All right. What are you going to do? So the B story I have entitled the greatest Spain in the world. Tom asks Andy, April, Jerry, and Donna to help him tweak his new game show, Know Ya Boo, that he is hoping to pitch to networks. It becomes clear Jerry and Donna know more about each other than recently married April and Andy. When April reveals her favorite uh, band is Neutral Milk Hotel and not <clears throat> Mouse Rat, uh, Andy leaves the game and storms off. Uh -oh. And later, April and Andy have a big fight, which causes Andy to sell his guitar and potentially quit music altogether. Oh my. How will this turn out? Is this the end for April and Andy? Does Andy leave music for good? Will April turn to anyone for advice? Who is Tom's co-host, Bobby the Boo? Stick around. <laughs> all will be revealed. Dot, dot, dot. Very good. All right. So I'm with you so far. Now I'm lost. Well, now we have the C story. That's how that goes. Okay. And, and I, I entitled it, Shaping the world one Berkus at a time. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we have a, a young nine-year-old named nine-year-old girl named Lauren Berkus asks to interview Ron for her school's field trip assignment on why government matters. Ron initially resists, but soon waxes lyrical as he espouses his libertarian beliefs to her. Lauren eagerly accepts his anti-government views, but the next day, Lauren's furious mother confronts Ron about the content he shared with Lauren. What will happen? Will, what did Lauren write for her report on why government matters? Does Ron end up eating Lauren's lunch? Is Lauren smarter than most of the people at City Hall, who now has Ron's Claymore landmine? Stay tuned to find out, dot, dot, dot. Very nice job, Mark. Thank you. You know what? I, I, of course, knew that was part of this episode. We were just talking about it, you know, in the, our pre-show. And uh, somehow I just didn't even give it its own slot in the synopsises. Hmm. So, yeah, bad on me. Good on you. Oh. Nice job. All right. Thank you. So now I'm underprepared. I don't have my <laughs> AKA for that storyline. But that's, that's okay. Right. That's all right. That's all right. We'll soldier on. Let's do. Speaking of AKs, what you got this week? 
All right. Well, I decided to do what most you know responsible people should do and have an AKA for every single store. Oh, sorry. Um, so wow. I have three AKAs um, from the C story. Sorry. Uh, I have a, there's a point where where Ron is getting to know this uh, young uh, nine year old girl and um, she, she's pointing out he has some uh, mustard on his mustache <laughs> and he simply says, don't sass me, Burkus, <laughs> which just cracked me <laughs> it's up. It's really good, yeah. Um, from the B story where Tom has his ridiculous game show and it causes April and Andy to fight. Um, at one point, be- because April and Andy are fighting and storming off is occurring and, you know, bad stuff. And at one point, Tom kind of sits back and goes, damn, this game's got juice. <laughs> that made me laugh as well. And then from the A story... Um, I like where where uh, Anne and Leslie are trying to prepare to be as uh, unsexy uh, as yeah, possible yeah. for this road trip, yeah. and so they're trying to think of conversation. And you know, Anne Anne secretly wants them to get together. Oh yeah, and no so doubt. they're thinking like, okay, I could read from my Sonicare booklet. I mean, there's just really boring stuff. And then finally, <laughs> Anne goes, "I've got a great idea." And, she, and Leslie's like, "Oh, what's that?" And then Anne says, "Why don't you ask him about his penis?" <laughs> <laughs> which from Anne, I thought I didn't, I didn't expect it. Yeah, okay. So I know those are my AKs. She was pretty pleased with herself too. If you watch that scene. So, oh yeah. She's yeah. mugging. She really, big. really is. Yeah. What you got? Well, Mark for the C story, mm-hmm. uh, I did come up with an AKA by the way. Nice. Yeah. Cause I, I did enjoy it. And I just, I picked the one right off the top of my head. I know that we've, we've kind of, you know, throughout the, the the way they break it up, at one point we've done a little mini fade to black or away, and we come back and we catch up with Ron, who is saying to Lauren, and that Lauren is how FDR ruined this country. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so there you go. Yep. Uh, and we don't know exactly what he said, but we can imagine. We can imagine. We can imagine. From our B storyline, uh, you know, um, <laughs> there's a part where I think Andy uh, during the 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 game show sequence. Is, is a little bit upset. Um, and, you know, he says he's talking about uh, Neutral Milk Hotel and why he may not be their world's second mm, biggest fan. Yeah, yeah. And he says, you know what? And art is supposed to be happy and fun. Everyone knows that. Everybody knows that. <laughs> <laughs> he might want to check that. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, from the A story, um, Leslie's describing this 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 hotel that I want to talk about. And when we get to that part of the scene uh, that's in the region, if you will, near Pawnee. Mm. And uh, she describes the the rugs at this hotel being so soft and luxurious. And she says, it's like stepping on a lamb. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Without the bones and the body structure and all that, apparently. Interesting that that's the comparison that jumps to mind. Yeah, I, I guess. But, you know, um, it sounds soft. It does. Yeah, I really want to go to that hotel and try it now. I do, too. All right. Well, Mark, nice job on synopsises and AKAs. I guess that only leaves the breakdown for us to get into. Let's get into the breakdown. Well, Mark, in our plot relevant cold open, which begins at the courtyard and finishes in Chris's office, we see that Ben is a little bit blind to everyone around him except Leslie, mm. including literally Ann Perkins, mm. Mark. Um, should we just play this clip? That It does such a great job of setting up the rest of the episode. Oh, yes, please. All right. Hey, Leslie. Hey. Thank you for that year-over-year maintenance cost analysis. That was, that was really helpful. You're so welcome. I was thinking about you when I wrote it because mm. I was... um. <laughs> Because I told you I wanted to read it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a good reason. Oh, anyway, Chris wants to see us in his office. I guess we should head over there. All right. All right. All right, cool. Great. See you there. We'll see you there, Benjamin. Ben. 
All right, Leslie, man. <laughs> Leslie. Hi, Ben. <laughs> oh, hey, Anne. <laughs> wow. That was the most sexual tension I have ever seen in a conversation about documents. It can't happen. We could both get fired. It's a dumb rule. I know. But if you have to follow it, I would just suggest avoiding one-on-one tensiony situations with them. Mm. You're right. Good plan. I am sending you two on a trip. Really? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what they say about the best laid plans, Mark. Yeah. What do they say? They, they don't work out. Oh, no, 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 no. They never work never out. Work. No, 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 no. Well, it's yeah, it's interesting here. You know, the, we we heard that uh, the the uh, overlooked Anne. How dare you, Ben? <laughs> She's sitting there the whole time. I know. No, like, like just Ben doesn't even notice. Hi, Ben. Oh, Hi, and did you just arrive? Um, you know, Anne's well thought out tactical doctrine yeah. of uh, keeping away from Ben sure. and one on one tensiony situations. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't mesh well apparently with Chris's new assignment because holy no. cow, now they got to be on a road trip together, uh, tightly and together in a car for multiple hours and overnight trip. Brown chicken, brown guy, or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's a. It, it, it doesn't uh, bode well for uh, Operation. Don't make out with Ben on his face. Yes, it does not. Yeah. Well, and Alan, like we covered in the in the synopses, you know, Chris is sending them to Indianapolis to uh, to pitch the idea of Pawnee once again hosting the Indiana Little League baseball tournament. It's been like twenty years, right? It's been about twenty yeah. years since something may have happened. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into. <laughs> we'll that. find out. But. Uh, but yeah, they're the they're Chris's dynamic duo, mm. and they can do anything. And go team, go team. <laughs> <laughs> I I love seeing Chris even now, like the, his whole I am so energetic and positive. Yeah. It's even now it doesn't get old. I just it, love it. It isn't getting old yet, and there's there's a scene later I just love so. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Mark, from the cold open, we move over to our first official scene at Anne's house. And she and Leslie, as you said before, they're preparing for this overnight trip to Indy. And at least one of them is trying to keep it from turning into the plot of the next Brandy Max video. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Brandy Max in hashtag dork flirting. (laughs) Yeah. So Leslie and Anne are at Anne's house. Um, and they're trying to decide how best to be as unalluring and unsexy as possible, including what she's going to wear and what conversation topics are just going to be boring as heck. Um, it, it becomes clear as they're talking that although Anne obviously loves Leslie and wants to support her in whatever she wants to do, and Anne is clearly still in favor of oh, Leslie yeah. and Ben, like a lot, a lot, a lot. But Leslie is holding firm to her belief that they shouldn't. It's not worth the risk. Yeah. Well, I love Anne says, you know, I mean, you guys could literally get the room. And Leslie says, yeah, and I could literally get a fired. A fired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, some of their the techniques, Mark, they plan to use are, you know, uh, there's a New Yorker article on the history of the ladder. Yeah. Not sexy. <laughs> well, uh, so let's say no. Uh, That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I don't know what you're into, Mark. Look, but, different you know. rungs for different folks. Wow. Yeah. Nicely. <laughs> That deserves a slow clap, if, if anything ever did. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Nice. And they could also talk about the dorms at John Hopkins University. Yup. And or she could read from her Sonicare booklet. Well, so hopefully e- one of those works. Equally enticing. Yeah. Uh, not. Maybe not. Yeah. Well, this is where you had the, you mentioned Anne had the great line at the very end. 
where she says, oh, I have a good idea. And I says, what? And she goes, oh, why don't you ask him about his penis? Yeah. And then she says that. And Leslie just kind of gives her this flat stare. <laughs> and then Anne mugs back at her. Uh, like, so, like, you know what I thought of? It's I, Tom level mugging. I thought of, you know who yeah. I thought of? The Muppet Fozzie Bear. It's almost like Anne waka was waka. going waka waka. Oh, my God. That's so true. <laughs> Uh, I will never not be able to think of that the next time I see that scene. There you go. Nice job. Well, over at the parks office, we start off at April's desk and we kind of move out to the bullpen. And, uh, you know, we called this one months and months ago, Mark, but now it's official. Leslie is the boss of the parks department. Yeah, I, I think you were the one that started a, a trope at one point. You may have called it like Queen of the Parks Department yeah, I think or that something was like we that. Started it, yeah. yeah, we're getting some pretty definitive proof here. So we... What we're talking about, folks, is Tom enters the bullpen. We're at City Hall and he tells Donna and Jerry and Andy and April, stop what you're doing and follow me because he's about to ruin. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> stop what you're doing. That's right. Oh, Humpty <laughs> Dance. Winston, our love went wrong. Um, so he goes, yeah, yeah. Come with me. And and Ron, I think just curious at first goes, well, yeah. where, where are you going? And Tom's like, well, Leslie's not here today. No boss. We can do whatever we want. And <laughs> I don't know that Ron's angry at this. I think he's a little bit more. He's caught off guard. He's like, I'm your boss. Yeah. And this causes Tom to just have a oh. big belly laugh. Jerry's laughing. Everybody's laughing. Even Jerry is yeah. cracking his smile. And he's like, that's a good one. Seriously, let's go. And the four of them, or the five of them, I guess, leave the bullpen. Yeah. And Ron sits there for a second and he's kind of nonplus. And then he kind of like, he, nods, he yeah. kind of yeah. grudgingly acknowledges yeah. like, all right, you know what? You got me. I see where they're coming from. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, I learned from this next scene, Mark, that stealing is okay. So I'm going to internalize that and I'm going to forgive a couple of these other parks and recreation focused podcasts out there for letting us be their inspiration to some of their content. Um, well said. Yeah. I mean, you know, imitation is the highest form of flattery, right? I've heard that. Yeah. Well, now we're in a, a conference room where Tom is speaking to the four of them, uh, also known as Bing Bongs, uh, <laughs> for you Bing Bongs, about a dope new game show he invented where he asks couples uh, scandalous questions and they have to guess what the other one answered. And it's called No Yaboo. And no, Jerry, it is not at all the newlywed game, but it, it really is the newlywed it, it game. Is. So <laughs> Tom's plan is to. A, test it out on you four bing bongs. Yeah. B, work out the kinks. C, hire actual attractive people. <laughs> D, make a demo. E, sell it to a network. And I would assume F, profits. Profits. Yeah. Yeah. It always ends in profits. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple things in there, Mark, too. You know, I was alluding to the stealing thing, but, you know, Jerry rightfully says this sounds just like the newlywed game. Oh, yeah. Which Tom is upset about initially, but oh, yeah. just comes, you know, talking head aside says, yeah, it's the newlywed game. Oh, yeah. But everybody steals. You know, his favorite movie is Love Don't Cost a Thing with Nick Cannon. Right. Yeah. Which is based on Can't Buy Me Love. Totally. Which is based on Kramer versus Kramer or something, which yeah. is probably based on Shakespeare, but probably, he doesn't care. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of loses some of the integrity <laughs> along the line, but I get it really his point. Does. Yeah. Well, and, and I love too that, you know, they're like, who's going to buy a network game show from you? And he's like, look, there's a million networks Lots out there. Yeah. And this is back in 2011. I think there are 2 million now. Oh, at least. But apparently in 2011, we had Spike, yep. G4, yep. GSN. Love it. Fuse. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like it. Boom. Yep. Zip. Yep. Kablam. Perfect. Slurp. Yep. Slurp Latin. Even better. Slurp HD. Best of all. Hey, Andy, 
goes, have you guys seen the Ultimate Battle Smoothie? That's a dope show. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ultimate Battle Smoothie. I, I, You know what? I'm not a big fan of reality or competition TV. i uh, got a couple baking shows I like. But I would tune in for Ultimate Battle Smoothie. I agree, Alan. I, I don't, I'm not a fan of doing stuff or saying things, no. but I would totally tune in to Ultimate Battle Smoothie. It's got everything we both want in a TV show. I, I, I agree. Smoothies and battles. And battles involving said smoothies. Yeah. Yep. Can't wait to see it. In our next scene, Mark, if conversation topics don't do it, then maybe this off-putting music will um, and keep these two love bards, you know, on ice, so to speak. We can only hope. Um, so Leslie and Ben are now on the road trip together in the car with Ben driving and Leslie in the passenger seat. And Leslie, as we alluded to uh, before, is trying to be as unalluring and unsexy as possible with their conversation, blah, blah, blah. When Ben suggests <laughs> like, hey, uh, how about uh, we play some music? Leslie says, oh, yeah, I, I got you covered. You know, I'm going to put on a CD that Ann and I. Uh, made custom for this mm. trip. And the next thing Ben hears is some really loud, some loud, fast bluegrass music. <laughs> and I don't think Ben knows quite what to make of it. No, she, he says, uh, or Leslie says to break the ice a little bit there. So it's an amazing instrument, the banjo. And Ben just says, yeah, I didn't realize it could be this loud. <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, not to dwell on it, but, you know, Anne and Leslie did put the CD together. And I think some of the highlights were Jimmy Carter's speech on crisis of confidence. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, learning to speak Mandarin. Classic. <laughs> nice. 16 minutes of old timey <laughs> car horn. <laughs> <laughs> Which unfortunately we never get to hear now. I was just waiting. Uh, yeah, I was totally waiting for a hooga. Yeah. Oh my god. Waiting for a And then something called banjo boogie bonanza, which I think is what we just heard. I gotta tell you, banjo boogie bonanza. It's not, not the, bad. Not the worst. No, I, I personally am a fan of Steve Martin's. Um, oh yeah. You know, is it Laurel Canyon Rangers? I think. I don't know. <laughs> Well, thanks for backing me up there. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, Steve yeah, listens is. to our show. He'll let me know. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> when he when he has some time off of the, you know, uh, what yeah. is he doing? The thing with Martin Short and yeah, yeah. Uh, Selena, and Gomez. Selena Gomez. Yeah, only yeah, murders the, in the building. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a great one. It really is good. I finished it. It's I know great. you did. Yeah, and we're going to talk about it again eventually. I know. We're going to go off book and <laughs> we'll put Parks and Hold for ten minutes while we talk about that show. Okay. But yeah, banjo, banjo. Yes, number one. Well, with everyone on the road to Indy or field testing Tom's game show idea, Ron is pretty much the only public servant available in the parks department today, it turns out. That is correct. And we we cut to um, uh, we see several kids apparently uh, walking down the hall like a gaggle. Yeah, uh, a, a gaggle. A, a, a murder of kids. I don't know what you call it, <laughs> but they're walking down the hallway outside the bullpen there. And you think well, that's weird because they, they're getting really young how they hire them there. But yeah, apparently it's like a school field trip or something. And we see a, a, one a particular nine year old girl uh, whose name we soon learn is uh, Lauren Burkus yep. uh, enters the bullpen. And she calls out hello. And, and like you said, no, Leslie and Ben are on the road. Tom and the four bing bongs are, are in the conference room. So Ron's the only one there, which I'm sure he loves. He really. Is. And so it, she, it's so Lauren Burkus there is going, hello. And Ron comes out like, what, well, you know, can I help you? Like what's going on? And apparently Lauren's class is there on a field trip and she's supposed to interview someone for a school project. And Ron just tells her like, well, Hmm, wait at that table. And someone will be here sometime. <laughs> I mean, that's enough, right? I mean, 
Lauren's just going to hang out, I guess, while we all wait to see if, you know, anyone ever comes back in the office. She does make the good point. She says uh, she's smart. She goes, well, yeah. but aren't you here now? And he kind of <laughs> smiles at her and pauses and goes, no. no. <laughs> Uh, well, while we're waiting to see how long Ron abandons Lauren Mark, yeah. it's time for no one's favorite game show and everyone's favorite CGI puppy, <laughs> Bobby the Boo. Oh, love that. Yeah. So we're back in the conference room with Tom and the Bing Bongs and uh, we're starting the game show. No, Ya boo. And it's complete. He's at least got things organized enough to where he has a. Uh, Various phone sound effects like he has applause and he has cheering and the audience going, <gasps> you know, stuff like mm -hmm. that. And so at a high level, the competing teams are Donna and Jerry versus April and Andy. And although Donna and Jerry aren't really a, a couple per se, they end up doing pretty well. Like they, they know each other pretty well. April and Andy, on the other hand, ha are having some troubles, particularly because Andy finds out April's favorite rock star is not, in fact, him. No, but. Jeff Mangum from the band Neutral Milk Hotel. Yikes. Well, and, you know, he's like, who's that? And she says, that's my favorite band. And he says, I thought Mouse Rat was your favorite band. And apparently she's been trying to tell him for months and months and months that no. And she would like him to listen to this music. And Andy's not been listening. Well, wasn't that where your AKA came from? He's it like, is. I, I'm not listening to your weird milk music because on account <laughs> of it's art supposed to be happy and stuff. And that's just not. It is not. No. Um, and then Tom, in response to this, goes, booyah, somebody doesn't know they're boo. Yeah. And then like, that's the sound bite that he's going to have yeah. to play when a fight yeah. breaks out. Yeah. What yeah. do you think the puppy is going to sound like? Um. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I like that. I was a little scared. Like, where yeah, do you let that's that? Bobby the Boo. Is that what it is? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I, I sent it in to Tom. Where I'm going to see if he uses it. Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I like but doesn't that. doesn't Bobby the Boo somewhat anthropomorphic? Like, doesn't he go like, "Hey, buddy"? Does he speak? Yeah. He there. There's a point where um he says uh you know I'm your host Tom Haverford and with me as always is my CGI puppy co-host Bobby the Boo. Oh yeah. And, and he Tom puts his microphone down and kind of covers his mouth with that's his right. phone and he goes, "Riff riff, hey buddy." Like he kind of speaks, <laughs> kind of dog speak. I don't know. Well, he needs the bark too. So now we've helped take care. He of He does. That's yeah. that's half of it. Yeah. Nailed it. Go. Yeah. Nailed it. Well, Mark, back in the bullpen, Ron is finding it unsettling just to have, you know, this little citizen sitting around while he tries to finish this pretzel. So, <laughs> <laughs> look, you got to concentrate on some of those things to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back at the bullpen, the small girl, Lauren Burkus, is still waiting at the same table for somebody to be there sometime. But Ron finally comes out and asks her, look, can, I don't know. Can you postpone things? Because <laughs> it's 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 unsettling having you just sit there. And Lauren Burkus tells Ron, I, I can't postpone it because my report is due tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And by the way, the theme is why government matters. <laughs> now, this piques Ron's interest. Oh, yeah. And he decides that he is going to help Lauren Burkus write her report after all. I love his talking head where he lets us in, Mark. He says, it's it's never too early to learn that the government is a greedy piglet that suckles on the taxpayer's teat until they have sore chap nipples. <laughs> and then I think he wisely realizes that metaphor may not be the best one here. Not for a nine-year-old girl. No, no, probably not. Not at all. Yeah. Well, this is also where you had your AKA as well, uh, you know, 
he's eating this pretzel with yeah, yeah, mustard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he says he's going to tell her everything she needs to know about the miserable, screwed up world of local government. You have mustard in your mustache. Don't, Don't sass, sass me, me Burkus. <laughs> Let's get started. I love he starts with uh, life, liberty and property. John Locke. So, yep. Yeah. It's going to go through the classics. Yep. Yeah. Well, Mark, for this next scene, if I close my eyes and I just listen, I swear that this is the exact same humpback whale that was in Star Trek for the voyage home. Like 93 percent certain. Oh, see, I thought it was the one from Finding Dory. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. We'll have to have our listeners listen to the humpback. Whale well, you know, what? we'll have to have a whale off a whale off. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah. Not yeah. another one. <laughs> <laughs> the last one did not turn out well. So, yeah, we're back with Leslie and Ben in the car now, and they're still on their road trip. And the music CD has now moved on to the whale song yeah. uh, sounds, regardless of which whale it is. We'll have to determine that with a whale off. But despite how awesome that sounds, Ben decides to move on to the next song, which to Leslie's horror is oh. the Al Green song, Let's Stay Together, that <clears throat> Anne apparently snuck in yeah, there. Yeah, I love it. Because she wants them to get together. She really does. And Leslie and Ben start talking about hotel rooms and soft towels. And they start laughing. And he reaches over to remove an eyelash he sees on her face. Oh and they smile at each other all goofy like. And he holds it up for her to blow on and make a wish. And she realizes what's happening and pushes back, pu pushes Ben's hand away and says, get away from me. <laughs> And finally, and so Ben's kind of confused at that. And then finally he tells him, so I'm allergic to fingers. <laughs> oh, yikes. Well, you know what it was? It was that the CD went changed. The Al Green song That's finished. Right. It went on to learning to speak Mandarin and snapped Leslie out of the moment. She was under the spell she of was. Al Green. And then that thank, Perkins. thank God Mandarin came yeah. in to snap her back Whale to reality. song, speaking Mandarin. Uh, banjo, none of this would have ever happened. Yeah, that's the safe zone. It Al really Green, is. unsafe. Unsafe. Yo. Yeah. Well, Mark, if you think about it, Pawnee has a lot going on for it here. And um, I don't think that the extra seat cushioning is going to hurt either. And of course, <laughs> we're at the Indiana State Athletic Association now talking about the benefits of Pawnee. That's right. So it's it's now sometime later in the day. And Leslie and Ben are now in Indianapolis and they've been waiting their turn to come in and speak to the Indiana State Athletic Commission. And a woman finally comes out to get them and they go in and they give their pitch. And we, we kind of join them after it looks like they're they're finishing up their pitch. And a man pipes up that's on the commission and brings up, you know, quote, what happened the last time Pawnee hosted this tournament, which we as the audience then learn about via a flashback to WTNW Channel 4 news footage from uh, September 1989 featuring a very young purred happily with an interesting hairstyle um, covering a news story about Pawnee's raccoon infestation uh, and specifically how they're, quote, wreaking havoc at the state Little League championship. So we come back from the from the flashback and Leslie assures the man who asked that the, the raccoons won't be an issue. But the the woman on the commission that we see next to the man presses them on what the advantage is going with Pawnee over another town. And Ben gives a great response. Actually, you know what? Let's let's have Constantine play this clip. It's really good. I think that's a great idea. Muncie is larger. Bloomington is more central. What's the advantage of doing it in Pawnee? The advantage is that it's a wonderful city. I mean, look, I've been to 40 some odd towns in Indiana. 
And Pawnee is special. I mean, the people are passionate and kind. They love their city. They take pride in their work. It's a very, very special place. Well, nicely put. Nice. Well, I tell you what, Alan, if Leslie wasn't in love with Ben before this speech, <sighs> I think this sealed the deal. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not so certain he's talking only about the town, Mark. I don't know about you. I think that you're exactly right. Yeah. I don't think you need a sneakers chip to be able to decipher no, that code. No. I And I think in addition to the list he offered, Mark, I'm going to offer to just a quick pros and cons list sure. as Leslie would. Yep. And this is all I could come up with. Pros. Extra seat cushioning and 12 diamonds. Yep. Cons, Raccoonville. Mm. <laughs> they stay on their side of the town. Look, we have ours. It's an agreed. They have a representative on the council. This is how we have peace in our time. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Representative on the council. Oh, that's so nerdy. It, it, it is. It, <laughs> I won't even take us down that path. <laughs> you know, it, it is funny to me. I think I mentioned this when we first started this podcast. One of the tropes that always stayed with me from the very beginning, and I don't know why, is Pawnee's raccoon infestation. Yeah. So like that's one of like the, the main ones oh, I sure. always think of. But really, if you think about it from an episode to episode basis, we haven't seen a lot of that, even though it's it's clearly an established problem. Maybe the third episode, in fact. Yeah. It's not a lot. Yeah. But they keep it alive. They do. Keep they up do. alive. All right, the raccoons alive. <laughs> Well, Mark, back at the small conference room, which is what I call it, by the way, uh, the parks department, Jerry and Donna are on fire and April and Andy are, well, not as much. I'm really surprised that, you know, knowing you and the way that you like yeah. to get specific with stuff yeah. and give things names. I'm surprised you didn't call this like, you know, Lord Haberfurber's uh, conference room or something. It's actually the Herbert Hoover conference room. Oh, but, my. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I stand corrected. All right. <laughs> so, yeah, we're back in the, the Hoover Hoover conference room there. And and we're back with Tom's game show. No, you boo. And Donna and Sherry, Donna and Sherry, Donna and Jerry are continuing to do very well. Well, you know, I, I was actually kind of taken aback, Mark. You know, Gail's a little bit jealous of Leslie after the Jerry's painting episode. Yeah. I, I think she needs to check in with Donna right here. I think they've just get, been working together for 20 years. I get more of a years. big sister vibe from yeah, her. I do too. Um, well, that is an interesting point. Yeah. So yeah, they they clearly know each other pretty well. They've worked with each other for a while. And I think both of them listen pretty well. And April and Andy, however, are still having issues. You know, it, it seems like Andy is uh, insecure and a little jealous after <laughs> April's uh, answer about who her favorite rock star was. And April is frustrated because Neutral Milk Hotel is really important to her. And she's asked Andy to listen to him and he never has. And the scene ends basically with both April and Andy getting up and throwing their blam, throwing their papers on the ground and walking out. I thought for a minute that Andy was going to let it go. But when then Tom asked, where's your booze favorite place to smush? And Andy said, at the Neutral Milk Hotel. <laughs> I knew all bets were off. Yeah, it's on. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Well, this is also where my AKA came in. You know, he's explaining to April why he isn't all that interested in this specific set of music. And he says, you know, uh, it's because their music is sad and depressing and weird and art is supposed to be happy and fun. And everyone knows that. I think this is also where my AKA came oh, from because uh, they, they they go blam and they put down the papers, they storm out. And Tom's like, damn, this game's got juice, <laughs> which could be another game for the, another name for the game. That's right. Well, over in the bullpen, Mark, I don't know about you, but I wish I'd had Ron Swanson for my, my U.S. government teacher in school. He has what I would call a unique way of teaching. 
That's right. He has what the French call je ne sais quoi. Silly French. Is that what the French say? I don't know. Okay. I don't pay attention. Um, so, yeah, back in the bullpen with Lauren Burkus, Ron is teaching her about taxes. And <laughs> let's just have Constantine play this. This is so good. I would agree. Constantine hit it. This is your lunch. Now, you should be able to do whatever you want to with this, right? If you want to eat all of it, great. If you want to throw it away in the garbage, that's your prerogative. But here I come, the government. And I get to take 40% of your lunch. And that, Lauren, is how taxes work. <laughs> that's not fair. You're learning. Uh-oh. Capital gains tax. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, she's never going to forget that government lesson. That's right. That's right. That's going to stay with her. It really will. I had a teacher in fourth grade, Mark, and this was when you learn to drop an E on a word and add I-N-G. Mm -hmm. And she was about 6'2", and she held the metal trash can up at about five feet. And she would say, drop the E and she would drop the metal trash can and then say, as our ears recovered and bled a little bit and add ING. And to this day, I've never once in my life had trouble with that. So I'm just telling you, <laughs> unique teaching uh, does does pay off sometimes. Some things burn themselves in your brain. They really do. Yeah. Well, Mark, back at the State Athletic Association, Leslie and Ben are basking in the warm light of a successful campaign, and they want to celebrate this victory in, you know, the traditional fashion, you know, by um, inviting a photographer to have dinner with them. <laughs> yep, that's right. Well, like you said, apparently Ben and Leslie have succeeded. Um, the Indiana State Athletic Commission will be hosting the Indiana Little League Baseball Tournament in Pawnee, after all. And Chris has reached out to congratulate them, and they are congratulating each other. Things, things are good. And after a photographer takes their picture together, Ben asks if Leslie wants to get some dinner afterwards. And you can see it in Leslie's face. Like, I, she's worried because, you know, on account of keep keep things yep. unsexy, keep things unsexy. So <laughs> she says, yeah, but uh, hey, uh, so I'm not one-on-one -on -one with you and stuff. Uh, hey, Mr. Photographer, uh, you want to come with us? <laughs> and I don't think he knows what to make of it. He just kind of politely declines. And she's like, all right, I tried. Well, it's just us then. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, I love the beginning of the sequence too, Mark. Leslie says to Ben, you did it. And Ben says, no, you did it. And she said, no, I normally do it, but this time you did it. Yeah. I thought that was kind of a nice moment yeah. between them, you know, one where Leslie realized, yeah, she usually is the one to bring them across the finish line. But here, I think Ben was the one that sold it. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. That was a nice acknowledgement moment. Well, and that, that didn't help, you know, her and uh, her feelings about Ben, I'm certain. Right, right. Yeah. Well, back at the bullpen, Lauren's class trip is sadly over. And I think uh, Ron enjoyed his time with her. It's really kind of sweet and only a little bit potentially deadly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. Back in the bullpen with Lauren Burkus. Ron has just finished telling her how, quote, FDR ruined this yeah. country. That's the little thing you're alluding yeah, to. Yeah. And um Lauren's teacher come in. I assume it's her teacher. Uh, it comes in from the hallway into the bullpen and asks if she's ready to head back. And Ron and Lauren uh, face each other and they say fond goodbyes to each other. I think they both kind of enjoyed their time mm -hmm. together. And and Ron even says, uh, oh, wait a minute. I got something for you. And, she, <laughs> and he goes back into his office and he retrieves uh, a Claymore landmine uh, <laughs> for Lauren to take with her. Yeah, no, to protect, protect her, her property. property. That's right. Yeah. 
I guess was, her grade is what a handlebar bike and with a banana seat and maybe some sparklers. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. Well, back at the parks department, April is upset with Tom and wants his help fixing the sitch that he helped create. So yeah, we we see Tom in his office. Uh, the office is Leslieness, Leslieless right now because she's in Indianapolis. Correct. So Tom's in his office alone at his desk, looking through a catalog. Um, <laughs> April comes in to talk to him, clearly upset about the effect Tom's game has had. A, she got in a big fight with Andy. B, he sold his guitar to, of all people, Sewage Joe. Oh boy. And C, he's allegedly quitting music altogether. And Tom isn't really sure what April wants him to do about it, but she stares him down, dot, dot, dot. And then we cut back to the 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 Hoover Hoover conference room. Yeah, the Hoover conference room. That's what it is. Yeah. And one more time. But this time there's just three of them. They're just Tom and April and Andy. And and it's a super awesome bonus lightning round. That's right. And uninspired and unenthusiastic and flatly uh, proclaiming Tom starts (laughs) a super awesome bonus lightning round. Yes, for you uh, pitching questions to Andy that have clearly been designed to give April a platform for telling Andy how much she cares for him. Uh, For example, uh, Tom asked the question, Andy, who did your boo say makes the best mac and cheese in the universe? Which, by the way, I really love that Andy goes, oh, well, before that, he goes in the universe. Like he just realized the scope of that question just got magnified. (laughs) Like I was going to say the world. but If you include the universe, that gives me pause. Yeah. And then craft craft. And then April holds up a sign that says. Andy, like with the exclamation yeah. point and then mm-hmm. smiles at him, which if you think about it, this is kind of sweet. Like she's clearly she making an effort. Yeah. But unfortunately, even our lovable dimwit, Andy, starts to figure out what's going on and, and ends up getting up and storming off once more. Well, you know, I, I also love, too, that one of the questions was, you know, who's the number one Colts fan in the world? That's you right. Know, you, Wait a minute. You set up this whole thing so I would be unmad at you. I didn't know unmad was a thing. And then and then he, and then Tom says, like Tom's oh, quick, yeah. man. He's he's yeah. he's quick to this think on this. Actually. And Tom goes, You figured out April's trying to trick you. That's worth a hundred points. And for a second He almost had him. He like he like his face brightened up. He's like, Oh man, I got a hundred points. And then he goes, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, <laughs> uh, Andy. Goodbye. Yeah. Mark at the beginning you mentioned where we were still out at Tom's desk. We see Tom, this this moment slayed me and it's all visual except for one line, but you have to think about this for a minute. Tom says, and he's looking at a Tommy Hilfiger magazine. Yeah. Tommy Hilfiger iPhone app. Finally. Finally. In yeah. a magazine. I love Instead that. of on his phone. Well, it's made and, me laugh. And I like that too. He has a moment where he breaks that fourth wall and like he's saying it to us, to the camera. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. I love those moments. Well, Mark, from there, we move on to what appears to be this restaurant that Chris has suggested to Ben and Leslie. And Chris is clearly not aware of what's brewing between these two, because if he were, I think he would have suggested Quiznos instead. Mm. So, Alan, what's what's the name of this restaurant? Uh, (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) It's called Garden Terrace. Nice. Nice. Well done. Well done. I'm bowing to him. You can't see. All right. So, yeah, Leslie and Ben are at Garden Terrace uh, restaurant having dinner together. 
And things are going good. I mean, relatively speaking, uh, they're both happy and we see glasses of wine being drunkified and, and Leslie is chuckling and telling Ben how great he did. And it starts to become one of those um, one on one tensiony moments and warned her about. And uh, actually, you know what? We should have Constantine play this clip, too. This is really good. Let's do that. <laughs> you were really great in that presentation today. Oh, nice. I like the stuff you said about Pawnee. That was really nice to hear. And Pawnee is a really special town. I, I love living there. And, um, and I look forward to the moments in my day where I, where I get to hang out with the town <laughs> and talk to the town about stuff. And the town has really nice blonde hair, too. It's <laughs> read a shocking number of political biographies for a town, which I like. Oh, God. I'm sorry. And I know we can get into trouble, but I I, I, I can't take this anymore. And, and I feel like we have to at least talk about it. I mean, it's not just me, right? No, it's not just you. Oh, God. What? Uh, are, you, are, are you all right? Perfect. I'm going to go see a man about some porcelain. You know what I mean? I'm not buying cocaine. I'm going to the bathroom. The Wiz Palace, as I like to call it. And I'm not calling Anne. So... And we have a serious code, Ben. Well, it's not really code if you say his name. <laughs> he told me that he liked me. And I'm going to go make out with him right now on his face. That's awesome. <laughs> no, no. Read me the script. Seriously? Yes. All right. Leslie, it's Leslie Nope from the Parks Department speaking to you through Ann Perkins, friend and beautiful nurse. Thank you. <laughs> do not do anything with Ben. Be responsible, no matter how cute his mouth is. Your job is on the line. Shut up, Ann. You broke that. <laughs> no. You, then, Leslie, Leslie, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I care about him very much, and I've had two and a half glasses of red wine, and what that means is I'm gonna go make out with him right now, and it's gonna be awesome. Yay! No, you're supposed to talk me out of this. No, don't, stop. <laughs> Shut up, Ann, I'm doing it anyway. Yay! Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> There's so much to say about that scene. I mean, I mean, first yeah. of all, it's a beautiful restaurant. They're on this patio covered in ivy. It's this really quaint and and romantic setting mm -hmm. and again i just don't know what chris was thinking yeah i, I don't know he has if no he idea was obviously no. no 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 not at all i just thought oh well they're professionals they'll just have fun yeah. they're celebrating their victory a lovely dinners a location. lovely lovely dinner the garden terrace yeah the, the, gar the garden terrace yeah um so yeah and you know i i know that i keep on saying this whenever we have a, like a first in this progression of things and the, the the bensley relationship but this mm. is the first time that one of them has said to the other. Oh, yeah. I like you, basically. Yeah, well, not a basically. I mean, it, there's that's what he said. It's like, you know, there there's not a lot of curtain window dressing on this one. No. Yeah. No. And it sounds like she's uh She's I, I don't even think she wants to be talked out of it, but I think that she in her mind thought I need to do my due diligence. So I later on I can go, well, I tried. I tried. You know, I, I love it. And I, we were laughing at it when the clip was playing and Anne's like reading this 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 script back to her so that good. she wrote. And it kind of ends with your job is on the line. And she goes, shut up. Anne. <laughs> you wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. She's trying to find the moment to break away and talk to Anne. She says, I'm going to go see a man about some porcelain. You know what I mean? I'm not buying cocaine. <laughs> no, the bathroom. I call it the whiz palace. And that's her second reference to the whiz palace. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love it. So yeah, at this point, it seems like Ben is clearly 
put himself out there and we see that Leslie is about ready to reciprocate and she's on her way back to the yeah. table now. Yep. I think you're exactly right, Mark. And you know what this, what happens next? I'm going to tell you right now. Did you ever see that movie? Guess who's coming to dinner? Yes. Yeah. Well, it turns out it was Chris Traeger. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> so yeah, Leslie comes back to the table and she's on a mission now. And the mission did not include Chris Traeger. And yet there he is. He's sitting right there at the table with Ben. Leslie. And yeah, so we Chris got so excited. He, he's so ecstatic, wildly ecstatic when he found out that they, that they had won the bid that he had to come up there and celebrate with with both of them. Like there is literally nothing in the world you can't do. And now he just like what. So what should the three of us do? Yeah. The putt putt take a long walk yeah what you name yeah. it and uh <laughs> I, I think that ben and leslie are kind of taken aback at this and yeah. all, all they can initially come up with is um i don't know maybe she do we should just, just go, go back home. to go to pawn back to pawnee yeah. and maybe we should just drive home and we forgot i i should say i forgot Chris has a condo yeah there in indianapolis and he says you know what nonsense y'all are staying with me and so that's how that's gonna go well, you're exactly right, Mark. You know, Chris has this condo here in Indy. And the next scene is very interesting in terms of the whole, you know, Bensley, will they, won't they? Um, you know, I got really focused on something Chris related because it's very personal to me. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that like Chris, mm-hmm. I have a rare medical condition like he does. It's called thimble bladder. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds painful. <laughs> it, it is not good. Oh, uh, well, so yeah, we, this is later on that night. Um, we cut to Chris's condo and it, so I, apparently Chris has already gone to bed at this point and Ben and Leslie are just kind of hanging out uh, on the couch together. Nothing, nothing's happened, no. but it feels like there's quite a bit of hashtag dork flirting tension yeah. in the air. It's and, still there. And yeah. it's well, and it's it's out in the open now. Oh, yeah. And so they're kind of looking at each other and they're kind of grinning at each other and then Chris comes out of the bedroom uh, on account of thimble bladder uh, to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and while he's in the bathroom, Leslie and Ben kind of dork flirt a little more. But then when Chris comes back from the bathroom, Leslie, I think, I think maybe at that point she goes, you know, what? It, 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 it ain't going to happen tonight. Gonna happen. So she goes, you know, what? I'm just going to go to bed. Good night. And so she goes and she's not mad, but I think she's just like, you know, it, it ain't happening. Yeah. So she goes to the guest room and, Apparently, Chris is now up and he wants, to know, he wants to know if Ben wants to boggle. <laughs> <laughs> well, like you said, I mean, you know, I think Leslie knows that this is probably not a good idea. I mean, he, Chris has already warned them that he's up. He urinates roughly 12 times a night. Oh, my. Uh, and then we also learned that the key to a healthy urethra radishes. Radishes, of course. Yeah. So I, I bought some today. Nice. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Mark. I, this next scene, yikes, it, it was so hard for me to watch. Um, it's the next morning and apparently little citizen Lauren's mom did not share Ron's views on at least one of several fronts from yesterday. Oh, holy cow. That's true. Yeah. Well, so we see an angry woman who we later identify as uh, Lauren Burkus's mother enter Ron's office and ask what the hairy heck he said to her daughter yesterday. <laughs> um, and... Mrs. Burkus angrily shows Ron what Lauren wrote for her report on why government matters. She put, it doesn't. Two words, 
<laughs> which which makes Ron <laughs> chuckle. Go, well, well said. <laughs> and Ron tries to explain, you know, ma'am, I, I believe this. I, I'm a libertarian. But Mrs. Burkus is incensed, saying, A, she's in fourth grade and doesn't eat her head full of weird ideas. Yeah. B, you ate her lunch, WTF. <laughs> C, you gave her a landmine, double WTF. Oh so at the end of this scene, Ron appears speechless and kind of embarrassed. You know, it's hard to, I, I think I would be upset too. You know, she points out, you know, she doesn't want her daughter's head cram full of quote weird ideas you know fourth graders are supposed to do reports and get gold stars that's right yep and you know ron's defense really at the end is you know and you gave her a landmine she he says well it seemed appropriate at the time <laughs> and she just goes how oh, he's got nothing he's got nothing yeah well mark knock knock who's there april april who April, are you lost? This is Anne's house. Mm, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Thank you very much. So we cut to, pound, pound, I almost did a penny. Penny. Penny, except it's not yeah. penny. It's it's not. Anne. It's except Anne. it's really just pound, 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 pound. She's like, knocking hard on that door, though. She is. It's like, yeah. holy hell, who's there? So Anne goes to answer the door and surprised to see her. It's like she kind of cranes her neck and goes, are you lost? Like, are you, you know, this is my house, right? I live here. And April just steps inside and- She's clearly distraught and she tells Anne about her fight with Andy and that she doesn't know how to deal with them. And so she thought she would sigh, ask Anne for help. So you get an impression of how desperate she is, right? Yep. So when Anne asks her to elaborate, April fills her in on what happened. As She said she liked another band better than Mouse Rat and he got all mad and Anne I think correctly diagnoses this and says this, this isn't about being right. This yep. is about being supportive. supportive and yeah. he just wants you to be, he wants you to be proud of him and his music, um, which is helpful advice. Although April has kind of a tough time accepting it from Anne. Well, yeah, Anne is probably the last person she wanted to get advice from. And when she gets good advice from her, she gets annoyed and says, oh, I didn't realize you were a marriage counselor, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my instinct is to be mean to you. I I love that that little exchange between it's them really because good. Anne kind of looks at her quizzically, like what what is happening? Yeah, and then April's like like you said, sorry, it's my instinct to be mean to you. And Anne, Anne says, goes, I, I understand. understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah I get good. it. Well, and you know, I think we'll see a lot more on this whole journey of their friendship is a strong word at this point. Yeah, I'll use it just because I don't have a better word today. But, you know, they're going to have their own relationship. And this is kind of the beginning of it being somewhat mutually, um, you know, friendly. Yeah, I'd say that that's true. I agree. Yeah. So and, you know, I think she does give her good advice. I think it's exactly what the best way April could have understood it, too. So I think April now leaves knowing what she needs to do next. Yes. Well, Mark, the car ride back is now a plus one on this trip back to Indy. Yeah. And and Leslie CD continues to provide the background entertainment for the drive. That's right. So we have Ben, Leslie, uh, and Chris. Uh, ben driving Leslie passenger seat and Chris in the back seat. Uh, they're all driving back to Pawnee together. They are, uh, I think, continuing to listen to the special CD mix that Ann and Leslie made, except Chris, true to his nature, is really digging everything that's on the mix, including the history of the ladder 
and the fast bluegrass banjo music, which he starts. <laughs> he starts jamming to in the back oh seat and God. vocalizing like he's getting into it. I love this scene. It is so funny. Of course, Chris uh, does a little bit of uh, Cliff Clavin on us and tells us a little more about the latter than we ever wanted to know. And then uh, he does. He he starts jamming along with the banjo, which is visually funny. But uh, I think you have a similar question to one I have about this scene in practicality, though. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I I charted it out using sugar packets, as I'm wont to do. And I've uh, seen you use sugar packets to <laughs> explain so much before. Yeah, except my diabetes. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah, I, I had an issue with this, and that I, I found with the sugar packets there is that that Leslie and Ben. I know how they got from Pawnee to Indianapolis. Yeah, the, the long awkward car ride. We saw that. I didn't see how Chris got from Pawnee to Indianapolis. I had presumed he had driven there um but now he's driving back with them so now this now i go now this is weird now that doesn't did he make leave sense his car in indianapolis did he did he run there from <laughs> pawnee to indianapolis well if it's long enough if it's a long enough drive that you need like a mix cd uh, it's clearly more than an hour and and while chris i'm sure is an awesome runner we all know that about oh him. yeah he wants to run to the moon and back literally yeah um it seems like a long run it really does. So let's Maybe he biked. Maybe the bike is on the back. We just can't see it. Let's just chalk this up to hashtag, huh? <laughs> now that one may catch on. Mm, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, Mark, next and next up for us, we're over at the shoe shine stand where we finally see Andy. We haven't seen him there a lot today. And uh, this tune comes on in the background and it's and he says, oh, I love the song. And it turns out it's the pit. I know. So. So, yeah, we see Andy at the shoe shine stand and he's shining someone's shoes and he seems kind of down. And we hear this slow rock song kind of playing from from somewhere. We don't even know where. And I think Andy is just so down. He's not really focusing. He just yeah. kind of like mutters it to himself. Yeah. Man, I love this song. It's no neutral milk hotel. Well, what is? Um, <laughs> but but then he realizes that, A, it's Mouse Rat's song, The Pit. And B, who is singing? A April's the one singing. And so Andy gets up from his shoe shining stuff and he goes out into the courtyard where he sees, of all things, April playing with the rest of Mouse Rat, Burley, Chang and Mark Rivers on drums. And Andy just kind of smiles at her in amazement. Um, and so the, the song is playing throughout this whole scene, which I really like when shows can incorporate yeah. music. So this is a really, really nice scene. Um, and April's not doing a bad job. No. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Um, and everybody in the courtyard, including Andy, is just kind of grooving to the music and they're kind of getting into it. And and Andy's just smiling and April's smiling at him. And Andy asks her, what's what's going on? And she says, I'm living out my dream playing a show with the greatest band ever. Um, and it was just, this is so sweet. Like she's really, yeah. really doing everything that she knows how to do to tell this dim witted lug that she loves him. <laughs> and Andy at this point also notices, I think that April has his uh, guitar back. Like it's strapped. Oh to yeah. Her, yeah. Uh, strapped on her. And it's the one that he sold to sewage Joe. And he thinks maybe she bought it back, but then no. she tells him I, I stole it from his office. He's just a weirdo. He's a weirdo. Who cares? <laughs> um, and, uh, we have a really nice talking head from Andy where he, he says, and this is kind of important, I think, from his perspective, because it kind of shows some acceptance in a way. Like he says, 
and he's smiling as he's saying this. Like he's clearly very, very happy yeah. at all this. And he says, you know what? Maybe April doesn't think that we're the greatest band in the world, but man, she loves me. Yeah. And I love her. So, you know, who cares? I, I really like that moment. I yeah. thought it was well said. It could be applied to so many things in life. And, you know, for these two crazy kids, it's a, a great little lesson. That's right. Focus on what's important, right? Priorities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Suicio won't miss that guitar. Nah. No. I mean, he could barely play it in the first place. You know what I thought was interesting, though? I knew that in my in my brain up here where my brain is. Yeah. Your brain pan. That's what that's called. <laughs> the brain pan. Yeah. I knew that there is a reason why I, I referred to the character Kirk Fox plays uh, as Sewage Joe. Sure. But I could not recall where. Andy actually calls him. I heard that. Sewage Joe. I loved it. On this scene. Because I think that's yeah. where I had to have gotten it. Well, I, I immediately said, look, Andy's copying us. Oh, see, that would have made so much more sense. Of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and Joe has a tendency when he leaves a room to go, sewage out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, Mark, from here, we're back in the parks department at Leslie's desk, and it seems like she's she's kind of glad that she didn't go through with it yesterday. Um, and, and it might be for the best. Well, it looks yeah. like she's doing some paperwork for yeah. Chris. And as you said, as a voiceover to this, we hear a Leslie talking head where she tells us, you know what? Uh, it's good Chris showed up when he did that she wasn't thinking clearly and she loves her it's job. Not worth the risk. It's not yeah. worth the risk. You're yeah. right. And. Then we see Leslie walking into, I, I think she's trying to walk into Chris's office with the paperwork that she has for yeah. him, which we learn our receipts that she was doing. And she bumps into Ben and Leslie tells Ben she's dropping off receipts for Chris. And Ben tells Leslie he's he's not there. He took off already. And Leslie says, all right, and hands the receipts to Ben. And Ben takes the receipts and grabs Leslie and kisses her. And they, they, and they stop for a second and they look at each other. <laughs> And then they kiss a second time with a little bit more energy. Yeah. And then they stop and Ben's it's very sweet. And Ben's still kind of gently holding her face. And Leslie just like looks up at her at, at him with big old eyes. And she says, uh oh, uh -oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the moment from which a new trajectory has launched. That's and right. You can't go back. That's right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Absolutely. That's what that's all about. Well, Mark, I think all that's left at this point is the kicker. And uh, Ron does the right thing and puts little citizen Lauren back on what I would call the necessary path here, if not the right path. <laughs> that's a good description. Yeah. So, yeah, it, we have Ron talking to Lauren. It's probably the next I day. No, actually, is, is I look, Ron's day? still wearing the same brown shirt. I think it's late in the day. Uh -huh. uh, you know, a mom after the conversation with Ron has brought Lauren back to give Ron a chance to kind of clean up. That's, his a, mess. that's a good call. Yeah. So, yeah. So Ron's talking to Lauren Burkus in his office. And um, <laughs> you know what? Let's have Constantine play this one last clip. This is good. I think that's a terrific idea. All I'm saying is keep an open mind for a while. Listen to your teachers and read all the books you can. Then when you're 18, you can drink, gamble, and become a libertarian. <laughs> the drinking age is 21. I know. Another stupid government rule. So you'll write a new paper? Yeah. Can you autograph this one for me? Sure. I love it. Oh, uh, that's so good. You know, it, it, right there at the very end, you know, Lauren says, sure, I'll autograph it for you, you know, and, and you see Ron just smiling happily looking on as she's doing that. He He's clearly very pleased with this. But like you said, I think he he did the right thing by putting him her on not 
the quote right path, at least yeah, not in his mind, that, yeah. but the necessary path. Yeah. You're young, keep an open mind. That's that's not bad advice in general anyway. I mean, she's the fourth grader. She's got a few years to figure out what's what. One or two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Seventh grade, it's all over. Fade to black. Mark, this week in lieu of a commercial, I, uh, I was so inspired by this particular episode and Know Your Boo um, that actually that's not true. Uh, my <laughs> wife had a really good suggestion. Oh, yeah. And I know she really cares about our show and I, I really love that. So uh, she suggested that we kind of make our own trivia show. And I, 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 like, I love it. And I've thought about it. Yeah. About it. Instead of Know Your Boo, how about if we do a round of Know Your Parks? Oh, I love it. You want to do that? Yes, let's do it. So I found a great uh, 15 question quiz sounds like a lot, but it's really not. They're mm-hmm. pretty quick questions. But the irony of this is that this, these came from the Frisco Public Library. Wow. Librarians, Mark, I tell you. You can't trust them. Well, you know what? And they just, I love this. They said on their page, it says, we may be a bunch of book jockeys here at the library, but yes. that doesn't mean we don't know parks and recreation trivia. They're, they're into the joke. I love that about them. And uh, I thought we'd just go through these real quick. All right. Let's hear what the book jockeys have to say. All right. The punk ass book jockeys. I know. All right. Well, the first one is Jerry Gergich has a variety of names throughout the show. Which of the following is not one of his other names? Mm. We've got Larry, Gary, Terry, and Perry. I think it's Perry. I do too. All right. We'll select Perry. All right. Let's move on. Ben is offered a position at the accounting firm of Tilton and Radomsky. Mm. I'm not sure I remembered that was the name of it. But I didn't okay. either. Yeah. On a number of occasions, but always winds up turning them down or leaving soon after starting. Who is the accountant always offering him a position? Frank, Barney, James, and Henry. Well, that would be the one who was also in the William Percy Teachers Center, the rec center with That's teaching exactly the class. Right. It's Barney. Barney. Yep, yep. Next, what is the name of April Ludgate's aristocratic alter ego? Jennifer Snakebite. <laughs> Jessica Venom, Janet Snakehole, and Julie Fang. Actually, those are all pretty good. I kind of want to say Jessica Venom now. I do too. It's not. It's Janet Snakehole. Janet Snakehole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweetums is known for their less than ideal business practices. Mm. That's very kind. Mm. How many ounces does their child size drink have? The choices are 512 ounces, Mm. 128 ounces, eight ounces and 1000 ounces. I don't know if I remember exactly. I knew it. I thought her, the child size fits a child. It does. But my, and I have a visual recollection of this being 512. I think you're right. Yeah. 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 What is the name of the lobbyist that runs Bobby Newport's campaign? Jessica Barney, Jennifer Barkley, Sean Amalway Tweep or Jennifer Newport? No, it's not the Tweep. It's uh, Jennifer Barkley. It's the second one. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. Jennifer Barkley. Yeah. Played by the terrific Catherine Hahn. Ah. Yeah. All right. Next question. Leslie once said that Joan Calamezzo runs Pawnee. What is the name of the infamous talk show she hosts? Pawnee This Morning. Heard and Joan in the morning. I'd watch that. <laughs> I would too. The talk of Pawnee or Pawnee Today. Pawnee Today. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Feel confident in that one. Mark Brandanowitz eventually leaves the city planning department to go to work for in the private sector. When he tells Leslie, she gets upset and gives him which nickname. Mark Brandana leaves. <laughs> oh, not bad. <laughs> Moving on, Mark. Oh, not bad. Yeah. Uh, Moolah chasing Mark eh. or Mark Brandana quits. Again, not 
all bad choices. I know. They're I, pretty it, funny. It's D. I love this. I thought they did a great Brandana job. Brandana leaves. Yeah, Brandana <laughs> leaves. In the episode Pawnee Rangers, Donna and Tom take Ben on their treat yourself trip. Ben eventually breaks down and buys what? A Batman costume? The original volumes of Game of Thrones? A machine to make calzones at home? A signed copy of the Settlers of Catan game by the maker? I can't remember exactly. Oh, Is it really? D? No, this is the Batman costume. Remember? I couldn't remember. He looks so ridiculous. And it's a really good costume, but he's so scrawny. It just didn't look right. All right. You, you would have got me on that. All right. Well, we'll see if I'm right. Donna Meagle is known for having a mysterious background. Which major city does she have a condo in? New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, or Seattle? This is the one I could not remember. I want to say Seattle. That's what I think it is, too. And so I think we should choose that. Yeah, yeah. Shauna Malway Tweep is a reporter for which Pawnee newspaper? The Pawnee Times, the Pawnee Journal, the Pawnee Herald, or the Pawneean? Uh, that would be the Pawnee Journal. That is correct, sir. Getting close to the end here. Which fictional county is Pawneean? Warwick County, Monroe County, Wamapoke County, or Marion County? That would be Wamapoke. Wamapoke. Which Michigan town do Ann and Chris wind up moving to? Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, Kalamazoo, Ann Arbor. Lansing or Grand Rapids. I may have forgotten this. I want to say Ann Arbor. It, it is Ann Arbor because uh, uh, Michigan State's there. But the easy mnemonic is Ann, Ann Arbor. Mm. Yep. Who forgot to vote for Leslie in the city council election? Ron, Tom, Jerry, or Donna? I want to say thematically, it's got to be Jerry. It was Jerry. Uh, well, one, just because of punching bag. And two, uh, if I remember, he is so busy trying to open up all the envelopes he prematurely licked and closed yeah. that he forgets to go vote in time. Yeah. Which of the following is not one of Tom's failed enterprises? Tom's Bistro, Rent-A-Swag, Entertainment 720, or Tommy Fresh? Now, this one tripped me a little bit because I wanted to say it's Tom's Bistro because that did not fail. That's what I was going to say. But I'm, but Tommy Fresh wasn't a venture as much either. So I don't know what they're going for. But. I'm going to say Tommy Fresh was a horrible, horrible, horrible failure. So I'm going to go with Bistro. Me too. All right. Last question. True or false? Ben never wrote a concession speech for Leslie when she was running for city council. True. That is true. All right. Drum roll, please. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Scott. Do we have network connectivity problems? Mark, we do not have network connectivity oh, okay. problems. Out of 15, our score was 15. Wow. 100%. So you were right with the Batman. I was right with the Batman. All right. Yeah. Fair oh, you enough. doubted me. I, I'm a little hurt, but it's okay. No, that's a pretty good quiz. I thought that was kind of fun. That is a good quiz. Yeah. I enjoyed that. There were many others out there, by the way, if you're interested in doing one of these for yourself. Some of them like 40 and 50 questions. Oh, I my. Maybe those would be a little long for us. Yeah. These punk ass book jockeys only gave us 15. I love it. Thank you so much to the FriscoLibrary.com and uh, their Parks and Rec trivia quiz. Yeah, that was fun. All right, Mark. Well, should we get into what's left to do? I think we'll walk through our deleted scenes really quickly as we usually do. Yeah. I know here, I think we had a number of scenes that added up to five, I think. Yeah, we had five scenes, came in at two minutes and 50 yeah, seconds. Yeah, not a lot. 
Now there's a little bit on punch buggy. Um, the the actual the missing there were two or three missing scenes that are referred to in the the canon cut, uh, the you know the cut that made it to air. Um, one is where Sewage Joe bought the guitar. Mm-hmm. Another was another of the sequences where Chris is in the car. Oh with, yeah, yeah. On the way back, and he he goes into his power nap mode. Yeah, which is pretty funny. Um, there's a little bit of the, uh, boo intro extension, uh, the know your boo game. And then Ron, this was the one I really liked. I wish we could show it somehow, but it's mostly visual. Apparently on August 2nd, 1989, Ron, a smoking Ron Swanson, Mm -hmm. assistant director of the parks department, Leslie's current job. That looks exactly the same. (laughs) Yeah. The bird looked younger and had an awesome fade. Yeah. Uh, But Ron looks exactly the same. Maybe in the same shirt. Like maybe his mustache is just a hair smaller. Maybe. That's it. Maybe. Yeah. But uh, he's on there talking about how to get vermin off your land. Mm. uh, Because I think this is around the time of the the raccoon infestation. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So uh, all in all, a couple funny ones. Usually it may be a little funnier than normal, as a matter of fact. So if you've got the DVDs, check those out. Yep. Mark, I know tropes first and fun facts. We actually mentioned a few in our breakdown. What do you got this week? Well, I didn't have a whole bunch of firsts. Um, I had a, a gimme, uh, Ben and Leslie's first kiss. Yep. And I had, and I was wondering if this is correct. I think maybe it is as far as what they've shown us. I think this is April and Andy's first post-marriage spat. I think that's fair. I think that's true. Yeah, it's the first time they were really starting to think maybe these kids got married a little quick. Yeah. They don't really know each other. What did I forget? Um, I just had really, the you said it earlier in the breakdown, it's the first time either of them have come just directly out. Oh, And even though this yeah, was yeah. just very, very semi-directly, I mean, he just, it was pretty, I'll call it direct enough. Yeah. He pretty much just said, hey, I like you. We got to figure this out. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, what about tropes? What'd you get? What'd you get this week? I had four tropes. I had uh, Tom the Mogul yes. uh, selling his Know Ya Boo game show to a network, Love it. which I have something interesting to say about that later on. All right. Uh, I have PBJ for punching bag Jerry. Shut up, Jerry. It's not the newlywed game. <laughs> I have a, a, a trope that you started a while back that I really like. Queen of the Parks Department, yeah. where we got some definitive uh, proof. That Ron's like, yep, yep, <laughs> you're right. Can't disagree. And then finally, we have a Pawnee raccoon infestation. I love it. I missed that one. Yeah, what I miss? Uh, no, you you hit all mine, and you caught the one that I forgot to write down, which you know, very funny reference nice. to it this week. Yep. Um, on the goof side, I didn't really see a lot. Did you? Um, no, not really. Um, I I had read. One potential, they called it a goof, questioning why why Ben didn't ask Chris if he wanted to have a different overseeing of the Parks Department so that he could. I think it was that can Chris oversee the Parks Department by himself so that Ben then by extension is not Leslie's boss and then there isn't a conflict. Because I think they said he does that in the eighth eighth episode of season four, Smallest Park. And so why wouldn't he do it here? But you know what? I wouldn't call that a goof. That was actually on my radar even in the last episode, frankly. Mm. Um, But I I wouldn't call it a goof either. But it is an interesting observation. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe just at this point, it's so new that Ben hasn't thought of it. That that's the excuse I'm going to use. Right, right. Yeah. I did have a couple of fun facts. How about you? I did too. What are your fun facts? Uh, they're probably I'm going to guess are roughly the same as yours. 
So um, I know that um, I'll take the first one. I know when Leslie and Ben are driving to Indianapolis, if you look closely and you look between them, you can see that they both have basically their their briefcases in the back seat attached via the seat belts. Just very funny. Yeah, it's they're very so safe. subtle. They don't draw attention to it. You have to be on the lookout for it. Yep. And and I missed it until I saw this uh, this great write in by somebody. Yep. How about you? What did awesome. you get for your other one? Um, I had um. Just a, a fun fact, you know, you you had uh, suggested that I start the great sitcom Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so the, a fun fact is there is a, a guest appearance by Jim O'Hare in Brooklyn Nine-Nine playing a, a local sheriff of a small, tiny town, you know, yeah. in the, I think in the South. Yeah. Have you seen that episode yet? Yeah, it's fun. I have. Yeah. And and apparently, you know, they're saying, hey, you know, in this episode, you know, they play the newlywed game, blah, blah, blah. Well, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, when Jim O'Hare guest stars, he uses the newlywed game as a as a. Uh, <laughs> Uh, way to interrogate suspects, which I mean, that's kind of interesting. It was pretty funny. Um, the only other fun fact I had, which again, is just kind of interesting. You know, Lauren's mom is yelling at Ron for giving her the Claymore. And yeah. and uh, but in the fourth episode of season seven, uh, Leslie and Ron, we see that two things. A, the landmine was actually a gift from Leslie for Ron's fifth anniversary yep. as parks director. And B, <laughs> the mind goes off. It's actually filled with confetti. Love it. <laughs> as a so Lauren was so, in so this no is a little bit of a spoiler. Danger. It is a bit of a spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Lauren was in no danger. I think that should make everybody rest better. Now, Ron didn't know that. Ron didn't know that. <laughs> so you, you give it and you take it away there. But yeah, the uh, interesting right. point. <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. Well, Mark, nice job. I think all that's left for us to do is to score this thing. What do you think? That's right. It's, it's time for the rubric, baby. And I, I know that we've got our abacus out, so we're ready to do this. Yep. I've got our schematics, our Bunsen burners at the ready, but we're, we're ready. All right. All right. <clears throat> well, in my opinion, this was such a strong, strong episode. The the uh, the uh, famous uh, episode MVP uh, could have gone to a number of people, but I ended up giving it to Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson just because, you know, for me, all three of these plot stories were were so good that I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed all three of them. But I absolutely loved the Ron subplot. Um, it was wonderfully done in both concept and execution. Um, I liked how much Ron loved the idea of shaping a young mind. And at the same time, it, that kind of clashes with his clear inability to properly communicate with kids because holy crap. Um, <laughs> Ron giving her a Claymore. It, it, it's so Ron-tastic and it's so funny. And yet at the same time... It, it's oddly sweet. It is in a Ron way. I love the writing on this show. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's pretty good. Um, and also maybe this is me. So I'm going to nerd out for a second, but I found yeah. this funny. If you have the DVDs, go back to 17 minutes and 13 seconds when Ron is looking at what Lauren originally wrote for oh, her report yeah. on, and not only look at what she wrote for why government matters, it doesn't, it doesn't. but how she wrote it. So maybe this is, I'm reading into this, but the, it was like, it was lightly scrawled on the paper. It's not in all capital letters. It's not in thick lines. There's no period. It's almost like it's the written equivalent of a whisper. And uh -huh. like, to me, that helps sell the joke even more. <laughs> I like that. Um, a few additional notes. 
Um, hey, Mark. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, yeah. I would like to propose an alternate vote for MVP in this episode. Sure. If I may. Yeah. I, I normally don't because normally you're right. And it's not that you're wrong today. <laughs> I'm less right. You're half right. All right. Um, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to vote, put in a vote for co-MVPs uh, and that it should go to Ben as well mm. um, in this episode. Just because if you think about it, um, Ben saves the day in Indianapolis with mm. the State Athletic Commission. Right. And I mean, I think he really puts it them over the top to get this gig for the first time in 20 years. Uh, he is the first one to basically say to Leslie, look, this is silly. We like each other. We got to figure this out. And he makes the advance when he has the opportunity, when Chris is away at the end. And I think all those things add up to really just making the Bensley thing come more to life. So I feel like it's it, what he does in three different ways is very important in this episode. So I, I'm just putting in my vote for co-MVP here. I can I can respect that. I, I agree with you, by the way. I think that Ben I think it was important that Ben took the steps that he did, especially because Leslie technically had asked him out before and he right. kind of rebuffed her. We know why. Yeah. And absolutely. it wasn't because he didn't want to. Yeah. But given that it's good that now it's in his court. And yeah, he, he put it back on track, yeah, knowing yeah. that she's already game. Right. I mean, that's she's just pretty much. That, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. So anyway, no, I just wanted to say my piece there. No, that that's a great point. It's not correct, but it, 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 it's a great point. No, I, I do. I do appreciate that. And that 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 is a strong contention, I would say, for MVP as well. All right. So a few additional notes. I, I think that w when this first aired, it was a, a double feature, I think, with the fight. And so a lot of people, when they talk about this, will also talk about the the, the fight just because, you know, t they, they aired together, I think. Um the the fight was the funnier episode, I think, but this one was the sweet episode. Like it was just really adorable. It had a lot of character heart moments and, and interactions and relationships. And that's and I, I love that stuff. So I, it really spoke to me. Um, I, I, I mentioned this before. I've talked in the past about how much I like shows that use music effectively. For example, one of my favorite series, I know I've said this before, is the great sitcom Scrubs. Mm -hmm. And they use music very, very effectively. There have been more than a few times where I felt like Parks and Rec did this as well, with this episode being one of them. April singing the pit uh, wow. and the banjo, digga, digga, digga. I mean, all that stuff. <laughs> it, it, so April singing the pit, you brought this up. That's a really, when she's with the other members of Mouse, right? It's a really sweet singing, scene and it. it's a nice feel-good ending to the a Andy April subplot. So I think they did a great job with that. Um, ever since we started this podcast, I've we've talked about how Retta's Donna and Jim O'Hare's Jerry have similarities. Like they they started out as extras. They gradually grew to minor characters and then somewhat major characters. And sometimes uh, like if there's not enough screen time for everybody, they can get excluded, that sort of thing. Yeah. But despite all that, I don't know that we've had a lot of scenes with Donna Jerry interactions. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked where they, you know yeah, what I mean? You know, that's a great point. I hadn't considered that. I had never considered that either. And then I thought, well, I don't know that I've ever really seen them talk to each other, which seems like an odd thing to say. But um, I always think of them so much in the same breath. But anyway. I think it became clear that they've worked together for a while. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think it's kind of interesting also that in the fight, Chris told Tom he can't abuse his power for personal gain. And yet in Road Trip. 
he's arguably right back to it, like gathering up his co-workers, you know, the bing bongs uh, to help him <laughs> tweak his show, which this isn't a huge deal. I just thought it was interesting. And to be honest, it's probably consistent with Tom's character. Yeah, I think it is. Um, this isn't specific to this episode, but it does include this episode. I think it's interesting how these last three, which would be uh, Eagleton, the fight and this one road trip have had really important plot points and scenes with, I would argue the three most important people in Leslie's life, Ron, Anne, and Ben. Yeah. So yeah. This, just kind of neat. It's a good observation. Um, a small nitpick. We already covered this. Why the hell was Chris driving back with them? You know, did he run there? Did he bike there? Um, he took a Greyhound. <laughs> is it a big deal? No. It just stood out for a second. And then, you know, he went. So that all for all is forgiven. It was it was good at that point. Um all right, so here's the here's the crazy uh, Mark rubric here. I'm going to give this a five base score. That's about as, as high as I usually go for base score. It had great writing, uh, interesting and engaging storylines. I'm going to say more on that in a second. Uh, funny moments, many sweet moments. This this one had it all five. I'm going to give a, a, a point for the fantastic performance by MVP Nick Offerman as Ron Swanson. And I'm going to give another half point for the entire Ron subplot. It wasn't long, but it was just so good. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I'm going to give another half point for the decent use of their comedic bench. Um, probably not their best, but not bad. As well as a couple of welcome guest stars, Jay Jackson and uh, and Kirk Fox. Yeah. Um, even though Kirk Fox is just in there just a few seconds, but you know what? He's always welcome. He's if you funny. include his deleted scene, he would have had a lot more screen. Time. That's true. Yeah. That's a great point. I'm going to give half a point for Ben's heartfelt speech to the commission, telling them why they should choose Pawnee to host the tournament. I'm going to give a half point for getting Bensley together at last in a way that in my opinion, didn't really feel forced and especially, and especially Leslie's final, uh Oh, uh -oh. at the end, that was just mm -hmm. really nice way to end it. I, I love it. Love it. I'm going to give another half point for Tom's ridiculous but awesome game show. No, you boo with all of its ridiculous nuances and sound effects. I just really enjoyed that. I'm going to give a half point for the end of the April Andy subplot. I know we already mentioned this where April is singing with Mouse Rat. I thought that was a great conclusion mm -hmm. to that uh, to that uh, uh, storyline. And I'm going to give another half point. The way I describe this is. This is an episode, not unlike others, but I'm going to call it out here. This is an episode where I just I just felt better at the end. I felt good, like it better at the end than uplifting. I did when I started. It was yeah. uplifting. That's yeah. a great way to put it. Yeah. So you add all the things with the thing there and the abacus. And we come up with 9.5 little Sebastians. I love, love, love this episode. It was really strong, really good. Um and, and one thing, the last thing I want to point out here, <clears throat> I was talking about engaging storylines, et cetera. I've come to the conclusion that plot storylines come in one of four general flavors for me. So yeah. I'm going to list them just real quickly from worst to best. A, incomprehensible and annoying. Like that rarely happens with <laughs> this show, but I've seen it happen in a very general sense with shows in general. True. Where I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. It just annoys me. Yeah. B, functional as a plot device, but not particularly interesting yeah. C well-written and interesting, but not necessarily engaging mm. and D I am fully engaged, interested, and I am invested in seeing what happens. The next. trifecta. So for me, 
all three of these plots, all three of these stories in Road Trip had flavor D. Like oh. I, I was for me personally, and I know I've said like, oh, this story didn't grab me. This story didn't grab me. For this one, for whatever reason, all three I was really invested in. I was really engaged yeah. in. And I was like, every time they flash back to the story, I'm like, oh, good. They're back to the story. What else happened? Like I was that invested in it. So that's that's a good a good sign for me. I love this episode. So what you got, buddy? Nice job. Well, you know, um, I, I, this was a standard edition episode. No yeah. producer's cut, right? Which was kind of a switch. We've had a lot of those lately. We have, yep. And so, you know, we only had 20 minute, one minutes for this thing to play out. I thought they spent their time really well. Um, again, you know, like you said, three arcs. Um, they spent a little time in each. And I don't think in terms of balance that they really got it wrong here. Sometimes they do. Um at first, I think I was going to not like this episode, you know, on my first view or maybe my first rewatch, if you will. When I saw the Tom storyline, because I know some of the Tom storylines have not been our favorites. Right. Where he's just a little too, too much Tom. Tom. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually really like this one. Yeah. I thought um, and you may want to say something about this, too, but I actually thought that the game show idea he had was not one of his worst ideas. No. He actually knew what he was going to do. He was going to. Test it here with his with his friends, make changes, hire some actors and go shop it. Right. That would actually be how you would get this done in the real world. Right. Right. So I thought, OK, he actually even has a reasonable game plan if this goes well. Not bad. So, yeah. yeah, not bad. I mean, he did straight up steal it. But, you know, that's a whole nother thing. Everybody does that. Everybody does it. Going back to Shakespeare. <laughs> Including Shakespeare and Kramer versus Kramer. Yeah. Um, Again, I think because I put in my vote for the for Ben as co-MVP here, I've already kind of said my piece on why I think he was super important in this episode. Agreed. Um, but I really like the way you said it, that, you know, those, those three elements and on three storylines. So basically out of nine possible check marks, they checked all nine. Mm -hmm. um, I agree, too. And again, I know we're all looking for the perfect 10 episode. I think this wasn't it. It was darn close, though. Agreed. It really, really was. Yeah. I, I also gave this nine and a half little Sebastians. So, I mean, I think we were very like-minded there. I remembered this episode. Um, I didn't remember liking it as much as I do, though. And I, I just think, agree. again, this whole critical lens thing that we're looking at this show through um, will make you look at shows in a deeper way. And so, um, you know, it'd be really easy to say, that was a really good episode and it's a nine. But I think if you look at it long enough and for the same reasons we try to break these episodes down it just did it checked all the boxes so i i that's a great point and and uh, i agree with you that my score is right uh, as always of course you do no no, no I, I i really like the way that you describe it though uh, i so two thoughts on that um first is that i think that i i agree with you you know i definitely remembered the fight uh, I think more clearly in retrospect than I did yeah. uh, road trip. And so I think if someone had said, oh, you know, you're that's going to score really high. I would have been like, of course, because it's the fight. Like it's the famous one, the Ron yeah. dancing yeah, meme, yeah, what have yeah, you. Yeah. I did not remember a road trip quite so clearly. And yet I agree with you when I look at it critically. Holy cow, it, it, it deserves that, you know, big and bad. The other thing I would say about road trip that I think weighs in its favor. And I think you've made this point before when we were talking about, of all things, uh, uh, the the uh, the Tolkien uh, trilogy uh, that ends when Return of the King. Oh yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. how we said you know there's Oscar, the, yeah. there's the Return of the King um, uh, syndrome where it was the one that popped, even though technically speaking it may not have been 
some maybe think it is, but, but you know, regard, let's say this, regardless of whether it was the best of the three, it's the one that popped because it had the end. Yeah. So I think that there's a little bit of that here because yeah. we had just like April and Andy, mm-hmm. we kind of had the slow burn up to, and now there's a little bit of a payoff here. Yeah. So I think it's going to get it whether deserve it or not. I think it deserves it, but I think that's one of the things that kind of sways it in that direction. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. The other thing I had not remembered until you said it, frankly, and I just, for whatever reason in my note taking between this week and last week, didn't notice that, you know, these two episodes aired on the same day. Yeah. And what's interesting is the next two episodes also air on the same day, not this day, but a week later on May 19th, you get the bubble and little Sebastian. So, you know, this is such a weird season, which we talked about it earlier in the season. Obviously, you know, we, we had the the delay and the will they renew and then Amy was pregnant and then we got this short 16 episode season. And then here at the end, in two weeks, they aired four episodes. I know. So they were really cramming it in there at the end. Well, yeah, because it's, it was a mid-season replacement, right? Yep. They started in January yep. and yet they wanted to end this shorter but larger than half a normal size season in time for the normal season to be done. So I think they kind of had to double up. Yeah. uh, I mean, because half would normally be about 11, maybe 12. And here we're trying to get 16. Right. So you're right. They really had to push them in to get it done. And I'm glad they did because I think on par, we'll look back in season three will be one of their strongest seasons. Oh, I definitely agreed. Absolutely. Well, we've already kind of given it away. Next week, we'll be back to talk about The Bubble. The Bubble. Which is episode 15. And then after that is the last episode of season three, which is Little Sebastian. Yep. And I don't want to talk about what happens there. I don't either. I'm going to have to get ready emotionally for that one. I know. Yeah. Get my candles out. Yep. All right. Well, Mark, I think that about does it for this week. I'm looking forward to coming back next week. And, uh, Until then, adieu. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of the creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompawnee.com for more details or to contact us.